0: Ooh, all right. I am super excited. I'm sitting here today with one of the women in my world, Candace Kirkpatrick, and we are going to talk about all things God. But before we get started today, we are going to pray. So would you please join us? Ooh, Lord God, we just thank you so much for first and foremost bringing us together in relationship. We thank you, Lord God, that you have created dynamic sisters and friends um that we get to do life with lord god that we get to see uh that you've put in places not only in our lives lord god but in places of influence and we thank you for that lord god we thank you that you have um just bound us together, Lord Jesus, that we are united and that we get to sit and talk about who you are and whose we are and just to glorify your name, Lord God. So we just invite the Holy Spirit into this conversation, Lord God. We pray that each and every listener um, would just be they would be excited, that they would be um, just overwhelmed by what we're going to talk about today. They would be encouraged and inspired and at the end of it they would be activated. Not only to press further into their faith, Lord God, but to really press into what you are calling them to, Lord God. We love you. We thank you for this time together. And we honor you, Jesus, with our lives. Thank you. In your precious heavenly name, amen. Amen. Mm. Amen. All right. Well, we are sitting here. I'm sitting here today with one of my dear friends and sisters in Christ, Candice Patrick, and I am so excited to be here in Nashville, Tennessee with her, and uh, we're going to be talking all things uh, entertainment, media, mothering, being wives, you name it, so I cannot wait for you guys to hear this interview today. Um, I want to share a little bit, though, about Candice before we jump in, and um, she is just a rock star. She shines so bright for Jesus, and I love watching her, and I know you guys have been watching her too, so you got to stay tuned for all of this, but let me introduce to you Candace Kirkpatrick uh, is an award-winning actress. She definitely commands attention whenever she's on stage, and she breathes such life and vitality into each of her roles. Candace is a method-trained. She is method-trained in Stanislavski, Uta Hagen and Sandy Meisner with more than 50 stage plays under her belt. I'm telling you guys that right there makes me tired and envious at the same time. (laughs) Um, She and her husband have raised a family and while she has continued to write direct for schools and churches and after more than two decades she has returned to the industry to uh she works right now in print uh, audiobooks industrial voiceovers tv film you name it she is starring in it and uh right now i know that you guys are on pureflix watching her as janet in the faith-based crime drama (laughs) vindication along with todd terry and tc Stallings. and she has another pilot that's going to be airing soon sister Anne*, and uh, she is just, this is like, I'm so jealous again. She is starring with Karen Abercrombie and Cameron Arnett. She also has several films coming up: Running the Bases, Love One Another, Hard Road to Happy, and A Few Good Miles. As Beth Miles. And I am super excited. She she has got her face everywhere right now. She's going to be one of those women that all of a sudden you're going to see all these movies just hitting one right after the other. So (laughs) you guys are going to be watching for her. Um, Her passion to tell stories is really, it's all about truthfully and expressing the human condition while showing um, just their great beauty and the redemptive stories that she tells. And uh, she definitely honors God with all she does. So would you please... Welcome with me, my dear friend, Candace. We're going to talk today. How are you doing, sweet friend? I am
1: so honored to be here. I can't even tell you. <laughs> I have to like pinch myself.
0: <laughs> I am uh... so excited. I'm so excited. So tell us a little bit. Um, we'll jump right in. And First of all, let me tell you, uh, congratulations mm. on season two of Vindication. Um It is getting great reviews. People are loving it. In fact, they're loving it so much that they want it to drop quickly so they can (laughs) binge watch it, which is just absolutely incredible. So let's dig into that first and talk a little bit about the show, your character, and how you got involved in this incredible crime drama series.
1: Oh, okay you want the long version of the short version
0: <laughs> <laughs> no dig in um, well let me just tell you I started guys listen I started uh, season two and I turned it on and I was literally sitting on the edge of my seat going this is riveting like what just happened what am I watching and so, uh, now I'm so drawn into this series that I, I can't, I, I, so I get the understanding of wanting to binge watch it. So, we want to hear all about you and this project.
1: All right. As you know, I, I don't know if we talk about it, but I left the industry t- to raise my family. And because I was continually being asked, can you separate your religion from your work? Or if you won't do this... Part we'll get someone who will, and I was living in New York City at the time, so of course, they could get anyone they wanted to do a part. <laughs> so after um, praying and uh, seeking godly counsel, I left the industry to raise my kids, mm-hmm. and I was writing and directing for schools and churches, like I said, like you read, for two decades. Wow. And I had asked the Lord, if you ever bring me back in this industry, may it be to honor and glorify you. Mm-hmm. So, my first film festival that I attended was mm-hmm. Christian Worldview Film Festival in 2019. And I saw an episode of Vindication. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away because it was tackling issues that are relevant to our culture and, yeah. and all of its messiness and how do you navigate it mm-hmm. as a follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I went up afterwards and introduced myself to Jared O'Flaherty, the director. I didn't give him my card. I didn't say, hi, I'm an actress. Here's my reel. Here's I didn't say any of that. I said, I was so blessed and impressed by what you've done, and I'm just letting you know I'm committing to pray daily for this show. So I befriended him, and I would just send him prayer. I mean, like prayers Mm -hmm. or scriptures that the Lord placed upon my heart. Mm -hmm. They could be one in the morning, six in the morning, random times, whenever, and I would just send them to him. Mm -hmm. He had no idea I was an actress. And during that time, I had done an interview with the Colliers and Creative Motion Network called uh, Faith in Acting Mm -hmm. and one with um, Isaac Hernandez called Faith on Film. And I think he saw the former— And he said, and I had talked about, you know, all of my years of training and all my work they had asked me about. And he goes, and that's the girl that's been praying for me? (laughs) I mean, it was just funny. (laughs) He didn't even know that I acted at all because I hadn't told him that. So then he did some research and he then called me up and said, I'd like to do a small gathering of people, of people I want to introduce to one another. Mm -hmm. And then when he did this gathering, it was in February... Of twenty twenty. Wow. So one month before the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And he introduced us and then he said, shared this story, which I just told you, and then he said, So I'm gonna find something for her and bring her in. I don't wanna bring her in for just one time. I just gotta find something and and this is all news to me. And I'm like, Really? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you know. So anyway, one month later he says, I think I found something that might interest you here. Shoot me an audition, shoot do it a couple ways and and I'll let you know. And then he called me a month later and said, "Okay, the pandemic's here, but we're going to see if we can shoot. I'd like to go ahead and cast you in this." Wow. And so it was totally so god. god Exactly. Totally god orchestrated. Yeah. And what's interesting is that I normally play very dramatic roles. Mm-hmm. If if you've lost a loved one or you're struggling, you know, with somebody who's a, a has an addiction or you are grieving then there was like bring Candace in on this
0: front. <laughs> she can cry on demand. <laughs> well, I can
1: just I think growing up in dysfunctional yeah. family and brokenness you can you, you got a lot to pull from. I don't have to. You just put yourself in the situation. <laughs> and here this was anything but that. This is like okay, we want something a little quirky a little OCD and and uh, we'll, we'll figure her out as she goes. And so, so I thought which is probably more accurate to my personality, you know, <laughs> just like a little quirky and a little. So then we we started shooting in June of last year. Wow. And um, because of, you know, the tight restrictions, because of uh, COVID and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, we were brought in in ships and things like that. Right. But it has just been an incredible experience. Aww. I love Jared, love him, love his heart. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that, um, again, he's addressing issues that impact our culture, which are not, you know, that are, could be hot topics or hot buttons, whatever. But, and I love the people that I am honored to work with. It's like we are a huge family.
0: So cool. I love Jared too. I One of the things I love about him so much is that he really is a God honoring man. Um, and every time I've had a conversation with him, he's just a really great guy. And, you know, he has this God story too about how the whole yes. show came into existence in the first place. I think what you said though, Candice, there's a couple things that just absolutely I love. First and foremost, I'm always talking to people about that, that and especially industry-wise, and just in life in general, that our God is a God of relationship. And so when you meet people and, and, you know, wherever you're at, it's, you know, so often it's about networking. It's about handing a card, especially when you're at a conference or right. you're at things. Right. You know, people are networking, but but it's, it's always to me. When you meet somebody, there's this divine appointment that happens. God already knew the intersection was going to happen and you two were going to be standing there. So now what does it look like for the two of you? And so my thing has always been is, you know, if we as believers could just be reminded of that, that we're really actually in a position to pray for them. And when we start to pray for them and their mission and what God is doing with them, all of a sudden... It's like the Lord is He's the moving those mountains that may be in the way and obstructing us from where you know we as human beings think, I'm gonna go there, I'm gonna climb over that mountain. But God's yes. like, Let me let me show you what your prayer will do. So your prayer literally solidified a relationship, not because you were trying to figure it out or focus on it, no. but that God was binding it and now look what he's done. He's moved mountains to put you in a position now to tell these great stories with people that you and I both love. Every time I'm watching the show, I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, there's, who, oh, oh, I just saw um, uh, Marissa, you know, I'm watching this young girl on there, and I'm like, okay, there's Marissa Hampton. Oh, wait, there's Emma Roberts. Oh, wait, oh, there's T.C. Salling, you know, like these different faces and all people that God has brought together as a family and to be part of this industry.
1: Um, And there's a humility. There truly is a humility. Absolutely. Because, I mean, Todd Terry, TC, Cameron Arnett, Peggy Schott, Venus, there is a humility because you realize it is for his glory. Mm -hmm. That's why you're doing it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you think that season one is different than season two? Uh, you know, cause I, I can see a few things in myself, but, or, you know, as I've been watching the differences, you know, and, mm. and kind of where it's taking you, I'm really excited about season two, just to be real honest with you. I'm like, I'm really excited about this mm-hmm. one. Um, but tell me what you kind of see in the difference between season one and season two and where, and how you would encourage people to watch this, um, and and stay connected with this series? Like, what are you seeing? What, what can you okay. tell
1: us? Well, the difference is, I would say, and the primary difference between them is season one, initially Jared created a short film, mm-hmm. 25 minutes long, yeah. using some wonderful people, and that was it. And it was in the film festivals. And honestly, again, another God story, he was about to release it the next day onto YouTube. After finishing up a film festival, he said, in the middle of nowhere, and... Mm -hmm. he thought, okay, now tomorrow I'll just release it on YouTube. And someone at this film festival just came up to him and said, you know, I really like what you're doing. I think you should make another one. And he's like, no, 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 I want to work on a feature. And they said, no, I think you should uh, make another one. Mm -hmm. So he made another one, another short. So they were like self-contained. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that was the end. Again, right. I've done that. So now I'm going to make my feature. And then right. they were like, no, 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 I think you should make a third one. It was only in mid-season that he's like, oh, I have an episodic wow. that I am creating. Wow. And then that became the introduction of his wife, his daughter, uh, Venus as his assistant. Mm-hmm. Whereas when he began season two, he's thinking about when he's working on episode one, mm-hmm. where that character is going in episode seven. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's so So good. there's strong through lines
1: <laughs> yeah. going on. And my, my husband is watching, and he's very different than me. <laughs> he's talking the whole time to the TV. No, don't do that. Why are you doing that? No, no. Oh, man. Oh, He's left us with another cliffhanger. He's got so many ends open here. <laughs> and I'm like, honey, he's creating an episodic. All of these will work out. Yeah. Yeah. and that's the, that's the major difference mm-hmm. is that he has an end goal mm-hmm. it's not this episode and then this episode
0: right they're not like broken into these pieces no I love it I think it's fantastic and each
1: character has a very interesting arc
0: yeah no and I can see he's really worked on developing those so we see them in you know season two where they are stronger and they're more vibrant and they really they've got they've got these backstories to him now that you're starting yes. to see that are really developing. So I'm excited to go on the journey. Um, you know, I, I, I think about this show in a lot of ways and I love, like I said, all the people, but God has, like I said, the intersection that happens, right. Do you have a favorite person that you've worked with in the industry or maybe, um, Maybe just a story from actually working on set, you know, the behind the scenes that people never get to really hear about.
1: Are you talking about with vindication? Yes,
0: with vindication.
1: I think it is the God stories that you have when you're not on camera. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, sitting down with T.C. Stallings. Yeah. He is so passionate about his walk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And reaching others for Christ, yeah. or the humility of Todd Terry and mm-hmm. how he wants to help and serve others, or the how hysterical Steve Mokate is, mm-hmm. you know, or Peggy Shot. She plays his the wife Becky. People mm-hmm. ask me, is she really as sweet as that? <laughs> you know, is she really is? I'm like, she is a wonderful person. I I love them, and it's those kind of relationships that you build when you're not on camera. Yeah. And that you can call each other and pray about certain things mm-hmm. to me. That. Or encourage one. I'm like, I, I see you're up for that. I'm praying for you.
0: No, I love that. I love that. And I think that's important. Again, it goes back to the relationships that God is bringing to the table. Um, and, and also
1: to the crew. Yeah. Predominantly, almost all of the crew has m- remained with him since the first episode of season one. Wow. Which speaks volumes. Absolutely. There is a love again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a mutual respect for one another, and recognizing collaboration that you need each other's gifts.
0: Absolutely. to Absolutely.
1: tell this story.
0: Absolutely. Well, and that's something again, it's like talking about the body. You know, people, and I, I think it really goes to to show us, no matter what job you're in or your family situation. but specifically, I, I do, you know, obviously we're both in the entertainment industry but it's like, it's a body that has to come together. It's like the church with all the talents and gifts that God has bestowed on an individual to bring to the table. And, and all of a sudden you start to see this, um, this orchestra that starts to yes. play. And it's like this beautiful piece that comes together. And, and I think it's the same thing. I mean, I would love, I think you know, about families, I think about other people and other jobs, and you, you wonder how often, you know, I've always thought, wouldn't it be really cool if we in the entertainment business could take people just on a backdrop of what it would look like to be on one of these sets and see how it all works? Because when people see this family of a hundred people, you know, last time I'm on the Kendrick Brothers, it's a hundred people day in and day out. And they're all serving one another. In fact, they're out serving one another. They're trying to make sure that the other person is cared for. Right. People would, if, if we could incorporate that into our daily lives and everything yes. else, people would, I think their jobs would look so much differently. Their families would look so much differently. It's just, it's
1: amazing. I think what you just said, though was so beautiful. If we saw it as an orchestra yeah. and, it, you know, you're talking about, is it first Corinthians 12 also, you know, all the different gifts and how yeah. one part can't say I'm more important and I don't need you. Mm-hmm. And when we realize that, I think sometimes we get lost in the way, in in the way, thinking it's about me, mm-hmm. like you were talking about earlier. Like I'm just going to, I don't go to these networking events, these mm-hmm. film festivals. Mm-hmm. Here's my card, call me, come. I I cannot do that. Mm-hmm. I pray, Lord, how can I be a blessing to somebody here, or give me a divine encounter of somebody, to, yeah. To, to meet, conversation. Yeah. You know, well, it's the same thing. If we get ourselves out of the way mm-hmm. and realize we are on the same team. And it's all for his glory okay. and his honor. Mm-hmm. Then we are more quick to say, how can I serve you? Yeah, 100%. Because I trust him completely that he has a plan and a purpose. And I think your, your imagery is incredible an mm-hmm. orchestra because that is.
0: Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, that is one thing I will say is like the orchestra, God also, he had given me an image years ago. And then we're going to go on to our next because I can't wait for us to talk about this, but. He, you know, soccer teams and when people become familiar with what it's like to play soccer or to play right. a sport, and especially a team sport. Yes. You know, you have to really work together as a team. Yes. But what I love about watching the game of soccer is that these this team has to really work together to take this ball down to this goal, right? Right. right. And um, it, it's super cool. They There's actually... You know, as they're they're going down towards the goal, and it's like if we can see that image in our mind as well, like we as believers, we are going for the goal, right? we're yes. working our way down. But most of the time, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, you can't do it without your other teammates. Right? They're they're working defensively and offensively, yes. and they're they're getting you to that point where you can actually make that goal. And I think so often we. we we do, we have this like mentality and the world tells us like, Hey, it's about you. Yes, You know, you have to be selling you, you have to be, you know, it's all, but truthfully as Christians, it's not about that at all. It's always about the other person. It's always about helping our brother or sister out. It's always about that prayer, that relationship. So I just, yeah, I get stuck on those things and go, okay, God, you know, that, that's such a good reminder because um, number one, he is the ref on the field, right? Like he's, yes. it's all about God. And then yes. you're working with your teammates and, and you know, he's the like, coach and he's the coach. Yeah. Right. It's like these visuals yes.
1: and he's the goal.
0: Yeah. he's the Isn't it? It's like we're, we're, yes. we're moms. So we're like, okay, what sports did our kids play?
1: But it is because you, you know, you will hear as, as a parent or, you yeah. know, on the sidelines, there's no I in team. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And That's it's not, it. And, you know, and I think that scripture, you know, for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. Yeah. And it's that goal he had set before him. And if the goal is, to me, using our sports analogy, we're trying to get to this finish line. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I don't want to get there by myself and say, look, I made it. I made." made it. (laughs) if I have not linked arms with 150,000 other people and said, come on, we can do this. Let's go across the finish line. Yeah. And he, Christ is the Christ is the, the price. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. That's so good. And I think that's it. I, yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, you, you know, it, and this is for us where we're in this industry people go you're crazy for being in that industry and you're like no no no! you don't see all the good in it either right this is something that is the good part of it the storytelling part of it but i want to go on a little bit because this is where also in the storytelling process you know i was fascinated and um i was able to relate to so many pieces of your one bio that i had read Mm -hmm. uh earlier on in your journey into the world of entertainment and um and I loved how you continued to pursue your dream, you know, even after so many of the women in your world didn't see how it was going to work for you. And, you know, I'd like for you to tell me a little bit about that journey and how the Lord continued to propel you forward, because I experienced a lot of the same thing. And, I, and I, what I want to do, though, is I want to set it up to say, I know these women loved me. I know the men and women that were talking to me in this time because I didn't go to Hollywood until I was 39. You know, I had started in the industry in my early 30s, but it was a long journey. And so by the time we finally went to Hollywood and I was now working in this different place in my career, I was 39 years old. And people thought I was insane for what I was doing. I lost (laughs) my marbles, so to speak. And I was like, no, God told me to. (laughs) And they're like, oh, you might want to go back and check that. I want to talk to you a little bit about that because I think so many of us are in the same place. And we do question, you know, that very scenario in our own lives. Because there's these moments when we believe without a shadow of a doubt that God is calling us into something. yes. And and so we will have a lot of people around us that may not be the cheerleaders right. walking us through. So tell me what that was a little bit of how that, you know, was for you and how you continue to pursue the dreams that you did um, and even getting to the point of where you're at now. But how did that work? For you?
1: I think all of it actually ties together. Now that you've said that, now that you just phrased it the way you did, when I grew up, my parents divorced when I was four. Mm -hmm. And I went back, my siblings and I, we went back and forth between our parents. I think I went to Mm -hmm. 10 schools before I reached high school, 10 different schools. And um, so when my mom had custody, she would drop us off at a daycare center before she went to work. So I was like four years old or whatever. And they had different activities you could do. And I got plugged into, uh, like, they had skits and dramas. And I thought, oh, that's so fun. And so that's what I did. So when I went into school, I continued to do it, beginning in first grade, all through elementary school, all through middle school, all through high school. Mm -hmm. And my mom, being a single mom, working two and three jobs all the time, Mm -hmm. I knew that I could not go to college unless I got a scholarship. So I worked incredibly hard besides doing theater throughout school. And I, and again, oh gosh, there's like 50 lessons in here. One, I was like the president of every club. Mm -hmm. I was president of the student body. You know, this is like, almost like I am determined. This is, you know, I, I knew Christ, but the difference was, is I was, this is like a works based Candace. I'm going to get to college kind of thing. So To her, she saw the suffering that she did as a single mom. So she kept continually like, you have so many brains. Why are you wasting them doing this? Why? I mean, to her, it was truly a waste of time and energy. In fact, it was so much so that I honestly wouldn't tell her that I was the lead in a show. Until like, I got to be at the school now. And then, I mean, she would ask me. You know, a show usually runs several weeks. Mm -hmm. Well, you did it last night. Can't they get somebody to do it the next night? I mean, why are you still there? I mean, they've got other people. I mean, she really had no clue. Why was I doing it? Why was I wasting my time? And why was I definitely wasting my brains? Mm -hmm. Whereas my grandmother, she thought, you know, you don't need an education to get married. You know, mm-hmm. you don't.
0: <laughs> so so I, I love this. This is so generational. It right? is so funny. It's so, and I love that you're saying, because that's what I did. I, I like read one of your, the one sentence and I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally walked through this same thing. And I realized though there, there's, it's such a generational thing. And also it's such um, like where they come from right. demographically. Yes. Right. Like, yes, there's so many factors into the way that they interact with us as, children and what their, you know, whether it's grandmother or aunt or mom, married, unmarried, uh, whatever that looks like. There's so many things.
1: Yes. And, it, and it's their own stuff as well, which feeds into why they're saying that. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So
1: my grandmother was like, why was I wasting my, you know, school anyway? Why was I doing that? <laughs> so when I, gra- I graduated, again, I graduated valedictorian from high school. Mm-hmm. There were 900 people in my class. Okay. And it wasn't because I was smarter. I have quite a few friends who I know are infinitely smarter than I. Am. But it was because I was determined, I was so driven that I wanted to go to college, so I got a full ride to college. And from there still, I was doing plays 24 I 7. I basically lived in the theater. I did summer stock. I traveled during the summer doing theater and stuff like that. And um, I got off. I graduated valedictorian from college is funny.
0: Well, and let me ask you about that really quick because that brings up a really great point. And and I talk a lot about this as well. Um, And it's something that I experienced. It, It was, you know, I was determined that I was going to be the best at everything that I could be because I didn't feel as though I was being encouraged. Yes. Up to yes. So, so when you're talking about college, yes. it was the same thing for me. It was like, wait a minute. I, I, what, what do you mean? I don't need to go to college. Of What do you mean? I'm not this, or I'm not that. Of course I am. And I would work so hard. And in fact, I feel as though, and it's taken me years. Uh, and as I get older uh, and really understand the emotional side and not, and not leaning into those, those destructive feelings. But there's a lot of times when I go, I got to be the best of yes. the best of the best. Yes. If I'm not, then people aren't going to think I'm worthy enough. And so it's yes. got to be the best. I mean, do you feel like that played into? Yes,
1: exactly. But that's why I'm going to take what I have to say. Mm-hmm. I think it is part of your story and part of my story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I got this full ride to go to graduate school as well. And that is, I mean, where I could really hone my craft. And I had like, 14 hour classes a day, six, seven days, six days a week at least. But again, it was this, I gotta prove it, I gotta prove it, I gotta prove it. And I think part of it was because there were so many naysayers. Mm-hmm. And then also I think from that brokenness, that, you know, dysfunctional, just you know, lack of love, encouragement, support, that was not there. Mm-hmm. I was determined I was going to prove it. Mm-hmm. So I got a full ride to undergrad. I got a full ride to graduate school. But also I was determined I was going to prove it. And when I moved to New York City with my equity card, I had a bachelor's. I had a master's. Moving my equity card with there with my equity card. Like you, I'm going to take them by storm. <laughs> I'm do this thing. Yeah. I was on a bus doing a Bible study. And it was saying, it was talking about, I have the book still. It's a very thin book. Mm -hmm. It was about how we are, Ephesians 2, that we are saved, Mm -hmm. you know, by grace and not by works so no man can boast. And it pointed out, like, Mm -hmm. if it's by our works, how would we know we'd ever done enough? And I just sat on this bus going across town, crying, because my whole life, even though I knew Christ had been so works based driven to prove to others and to so that others would think I was okay. You know, that you know, that they don't see that there's this brokenness or hurt or anything Mm -hmm. there, but I could prove I could do this. And sitting on that bus, and the scripture also that the Lord gave me is who's ever left mother, father, father, son, or brother, how will I not give him a hundredfold in this life? And I think it's the same for you, and I don't want to, but you have such a burden for women, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, to empower them, to encourage them, to lift them up, and to show them who they are in Christ, not because of anything they have done, but because they are a daughter of the King of Kings. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same thing for me. I began teaching women's Bible study probably a week or two weeks after that encounter with Christ Mm -hmm. on the bus and to find out who I am and who he sees me. And not because any accolades, what I did or didn't do, what I accomplished or didn't accomplish, Mm -hmm. but because he loved me and he died for me and he wanted a relationship with me to say, you are my child that was huge huge for me
0: huge and it's such a release i love that you just said that it's it's such a release and there are i really do believe those moments in our lives when god is like you're ready now to see this yes and but but what i also love is that immediately within a very short period of time a couple of weeks he was already turning you around to serve others. Yes. And I think that's another part of that process for us cuz we get yes. to see there's some such great growth and here's the reality check of who we are in Christ. And and when we finally have that heart moment with God and we're like, "No, we're yours and we're only yours and I'm not I'm going to seek yes. you and not man's yes. favor." All of a sudden, then he—he, he, it's like a door opens, and then all of a sudden, when you really hit that moment, and then you turn and start serving like you did with Bible study, it's almost like the cup overfloweth. Yes. Right?
1: Yes. It, I was teaching a woman's study, and, and there was a quote in it. I think it was by Dan Allender, and I think it was called Becoming a Woman of Excellence by Cynthia Heald. Mm-hmm. And the, there was a quote she had in there, and I'm going to ruin it. I'm sorry. But what it said was... You've been hurt. You've been wounded. You've been healed. Now let your life serve as a bridge so others can walk from death to life. Wow. Wow. And that is how I live my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm secure of who I am in Him, then it's no longer about, can I get this job? Oh, I land this. Oh, it's all about me. Yeah. It's about Lord what wherever you want to use me, wherever you want to place me, mm-hmm. so that I could be an instrument used to tell others about you and your love yeah. and your redemption. Yeah.
0: That's it. That's it. And look at how He is blessing you through it. I think that's the beautiful thing. It's like we, we give... We, when we finally like lay it all down at its feet, you know, really, truly laying it down at the altar and walking in his will versus our desire all of a sudden. And then, and really understanding that we are called to serve, Yes. you know, and when we do that, he just, he opens the floodgates and he does then, at least I see this as all of a sudden he's put you in these places, these relationships and he's using the talents and gifts that he's given you now to do that kingdom work yes you're doing it through service i mean it's it's like this crazy kind of web but when you sit down and you kind of decipher it you're going oh my goodness like look at how god is just yes wow i mean yes because
1: then it's because it's no longer it's not about me now yeah but when i look at it, i see his hands yeah you know for people he's brought into my life even the 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 TV pilot that I shot with Karen Abercrombie Mm -hmm. and Cameron Arnett, which is being pitched, it's called Angels Unaware, Mm -hmm. and it's something that's near and dear to Karen's heart. Mm -hmm. But even how God brought me in that relationship, again, was totally His orchestration, not mine, Mm -hmm. but a a tremendous blessing to me because not only did I get to work with Mm -hmm. these people, Mm -hmm. but it's, like you said, the relationships— When I get a call from Karen randomly in the middle of the week week saying, I just want to share some love, 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 love on you. And I'm like, I'll I'll receive it. I take it, honey. I take it. You know what I mean? That's awesome. To me. Yeah. You know, and he has placed so many incredible people Mm -hmm. in my life Mm -hmm. that I love immensely. You are one of them. Thank you. You know, when I see your heart Mm -hmm. and when I hear you speak and on the different platforms he's given you, and how you use your gifts. And I could talk about your books that you've written, Mm -hmm. you know, that I have. I have them in a bag right here. (laughs) But it was your beautifully flawed that just drew me in to you. Thank you. Because that's what it's about in your vulnerability, your transparency, Mm -hmm. and your honesty. Because people think you're a a Christian. Look at her, she's beautiful, she's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. She's up there, she's got all the limelight, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, everything's easy. Mm -hmm. And yet you share. Mm -hmm. This is where I was. Right. This is what I did. And this is how God lifted me up, yeah. put me on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand, yeah. and is using me yeah. because of His glory. And I, I was so moved by that. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to read Beautifully Flawed. Isn't it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. No, it it is, is.
1: That is the true story of love and redemption and His grace and mercy.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that. I, I'll i tell you what, I, you know, when people used to talk to me, and this is even thinking about where you were at, kind of growing up with your mom and your grandma and where you were, you know, I went through a lot of things as well and had a lot of that generational stuff, as you know get married. You don't need to go to college. Right. You, exactly. you, know, you find your boyfriend in high school and life is good and you'll have X amount of children and you'll, you know, this is the way it's going to be. And, and I don't know that I really discovered, um, a lot of the truth in that, but really, really having, a, a grace and for my mother and my grandmother and some of, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. others that were around me until I wrote these books. Wow. Which was really interesting because it was like I didn't set out to write uh, books. It wasn't something that I was really desiring to do. I felt like God was calling me at a certain point. He was calling me to it um, and to share my story. But, you know, we always have these kind of different images than what God actually has, you know. And so when he finally called me into it, I mean, you know, I remember thinking very early on,
1: okay, God, you know, I
0: I truly want to talk about being a teenage mother because I was a teenage mom. I had my first baby when, you know, I was a month away from you know a couple of months away from being 17 years old and um and so i was just a teenager and so i always thought well i'm going to be that woman that's going to go in and 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 you know encourage these teenage moms and um you know because when i ended up getting pregnant in high school i was asked to go to a you know, a, a different high school for pregnant girls, scholarships were taken away. I mean, it was just a total, totally different situation than it is even today. But there was a stigma that was attached yes. to it. And that stigma for me ran for many years. And so that's where also that proved like I will not be bound by these, right. you know, exactly these things. And so um, but it was funny because I felt like I'm going to go in. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to encourage young teenage moms and really really though, the way that the Lord brought it about in my life was through October baby, but it wasn't about just talking about being a teenage mom. It actually came through from being post-abortive. So having an abortion and then going into this, and I was like, really, God, you want me to talk about that? I mean, I'm, I'm totally clued into like, I want to talk about being a teenage mom. I can get my mind around that, but you don't want me to share that secret. Do you? And so when he brought that out in my life it was like i just had to say yes and then all of a sudden i realized that it wasn't just about abortion it was really about still going and encouraging women that they can do all things through christ because they were created with a purpose and they're fearfully and wonderfully made which made them worthy and the child that they carried was worthy so again it's like god you know it's like the Lord is just bringing it all about. So he could started it in this crazy, you know, beautiful movie, October Baby. But me having to talk about abortion and me actually having to say yes to share that secret. Yes. You know, because so often we don't want to talk about no. all the messy stuff. No. You know, we, we talk about all the good stuff. And so um, and that's probably where, you know, he started to really develop my heart early on for women, and yes. to see, you know, just to how can I inspire? How can I encourage and lift up? Yes. And, um, but also, student, it's you
1: know, to bring them
0: out. It, it, to bring them out.
1: Because, yeah. like you said, you know, you, you could have been content. Like, I can talk about yep. being a single mom, but I don't need to talk about this area.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't need to share this particular. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but it's like piece also you them. said, and it's one of the episodes of Vindication in season two is called mm-hmm. the Facade. Mm-hmm. So good. Appropriately titled, but it's we can live behind this facade yeah. that we've got it all together and we're keeping up with everybody else and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But God, He wants to just tear down all of that so mm-hmm. He can get in there, do the real healing work, so that we can actually be vessels that are used for Him.
0: Absolutely, you know.
1: You know he says, you know, we have these, we have these treasures and jars of clay,
0: yes.
1: and we are cracked pots. Yep. So his light can shine through. Absolutely. And that's, you know, and his thing is are we willing to be a usable vessel?
0: Absolutely. I love that. That's such a great which is it's it is really about um that and and we're talking about this right now but it is really about being the light and I think so often it leads me to kind of asking you about, you know, I know that you prayed about being in the faith-based place, you know, and entertainment Mm -hmm. coming back into this and that God has opened those doors. Um, But how do you feel? Do you feel as though the faith-based world is, um, is especially with television and podcasts and what we're doing right now and books and radio and, and television, do you feel like it's growing? Where do you think it is at kind of in its stage right now? I think
1: it's growing. Yeah. I think it's growing exponentially and I'm praying that it continues to do so
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I think, you know, I think Satan realizes his time is short mm-hmm. and he has turned up the heat on attacking families, and especially the young people. Mm-hmm. There's so, I mean, of, of not having their identity in Christ and knowing who they mm-hmm. are and the culture becomes louder. Yeah. And I think we need to be the salt and the light, so they can say what is different about that. Mm -hmm. And I think doing podcasts, Mm -hmm. TV series, Mm -hmm. films Mm -hmm. that are addressing what's going on in our world in an authentic manner with excellence, with caliber, can invite those conversations to happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, you know, and I what one of the things that I was so blown away by was I was in India in some remote villages. And the one thing that these people had were cell phones. Yes. And so when we think about that, you know, we can deliver a message, a story of redemption, of yes. a word of God, scripture within seconds around the world to some of the most remote places because of what's being shared. I actually said recently um, that I was speaking and I said, you know, I think that the church really has to tap in and look at the entertainment that we are doing in the faith-based and inspirational part of the culture right now, right? As a mission field. Yes. Like we're, we as believers, we're constantly pouring out money to funnel to missions and other areas. That's true. I think this is a mission.
1: I agree with you because anyone who has heard me talk, they've asked me, why do you continue in this industry? Mm -hmm. And I, because of what you just said, Mm -hmm. there are people who will not enter a church door, but they will listen to a podcast or they will go into a film or they will watch a TV show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And our mission, our, we should be driven that what we are doing is work that is going to point them to their Savior, Absolutely. because He wants a personal relationship with each and every one of them. Yeah. And if they're not going to go into the church, yeah. then may we be faithful in our job.
0: Yes, I, it's it's so interesting. I mean,
1: I'm going to say this: I have a a Christian OBGYN doctor. Mm-hmm. I have a Christian eye doctor. I have a Christian. You know, I'm blessed that I have them, and that they use their fields yeah. for ministry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, All the more for us. I just feel like we have to be faithful and truthful and we can't compromise.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's the voice. And I think that's the thing is that the Lord has put His out there into all these different fields. And no matter where somebody is at, yes, you know, what kind of job they're holding down, motherhood, wife, yes. Um, career, nursing, whatever it looks like, God has put them in a place to share the message yes. of his grace, his gospel. And and that's why I always encourage moms. You know, and I want to talk a little bit about that with you because you're a wife and you're a mother. And, you know, that season of our life as being a mom, a stay-at-home mom. It never ends, right? It never, never ends. It never <laughs> ends. But when we're home with our little ones, I talk to young young moms all the time and there's a there's this level of like it's never going to be done or I'm you know I'm not I I thought that I was going to be doing this and now I'm home and I'm taking care of babies and don't get me wrong I love being a mom but I I'm missing my career and I'm thinking no 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 you don't understand taking care of these babies this is your moment to pour in And to to bring them up into the word of God, to teach them the way that you want them, that God wants them to go. And so you have a very short time. You have a short, your time is shorter with your children at home than it is with them being gone. And, And we wake up one day and our kids are going off to college and we're now alone and we're looking in these different places, these different seasons of life. And we're like, what? You know, so... Talk to me a little bit, tell me a little bit about being a mom, being, you know, you were home, you were, you were directing and and writing and helping with plays. Tell me what it was like um, during your time, you know, raising your kids and being a wife and doing what you do.
1: Well, I, I love being a mom. Mm, Me too. I love it. And I think too, you know, my mom, honestly, she worked, as I said, two or three jobs at a time. Mm -hmm. And I was. I didn't want someone else raising my kids and I wanted to be so intentional in their lives. Mm -hmm. So it was good for what that, that the Lord called me out of the industry when he did Mm -hmm. so that I could spend my time and energy focused, focused as you said, training them up in the way they should go. Mm -hmm. And so Besides writing and directing for schools and churches, I just took them with me when I was doing that. But mostly, I was there with them. I read to them every single day. We did devotions every day. We had prayers and Bible studies, and and things that I was passionate about, like uh, you know, racism. So I read them, you know, every book, you know, against that. I read, you know, the Holocaust. So I read them all that stuff. I traveled with them. I did history with them. I took them across. I took them across the country. I took them to Europe for a month, and did um, you know we did the Holocaust museums, and we did um, Dachau, and we did Coryton Boom's house, and uh, Anne Frank's annex. Or so I took them to Rome, where um, Paul and Peter were imprisoned. Yeah. I was wanting to be intentional in teaching them and raising them up and it wasn't because I had lots of money I need to go ahead and emphasize that I used Rick Steves on how to do it on a dime so I think I spent five thousand dollars and took three kids to Europe for a month but anyway I'm like no you want to go to Disney no we're going to go do something we're going to (laughs) we're going to you know to Germany but it's just because I wanted them to know you know and the one thing I can say about my kids they are passionate Mm and um, making a difference. That's what I teach them all the time, go mad. Yeah. I sign things that, go mad, go make a difference. Yeah. And it's, they have seen it. I'd send them to an inner city school, which I highly recommend. Mm. This, this school, New Hope Academy, it has a ministry of racial reconciliation That it's level at the cross. Mm. But it's, that has framed, mm-hmm. m- shaped my kids. You know, to love others, to be a voice, to advocate for others, to where they see there is disparity or incongruity. They they are there mm-hmm. to make—so I wanted—I didn't want somebody else raising them, and I didn't want to miss this time. But also to pour in God's Word into them, Yeah. that they would hide it in their hearts. And that it's not just something— you tack on at the end of the day or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's ingrained. It's part of everything you do and the choices you make.
0: Absolutely. How would you, and, and I, those are so such powerful examples and of what you did and, and tell, how would you encourage a woman that's listening right now that, um, she's at home, you know, I have a couple of young, young women that I've, you know, mentored and worked with for years. And they're both, um, you know, at home now with their kiddos. One has three, all under the age of five. One has two under the age of three, <laughs> you know, like really yes. little kids. How would you encourage the mom right now that's listening to this to, to pour into her, her kids first and to remind her of the seasons that God's going to take her through? What would you say to her?
1: I would first remind her she's not alone. I would h- encourage her to find other moms who are with younger kids in her church who are pursuing Christ mm-hmm. and how to do that. So you feel like—because, as what do they say, the days are long, but the years are short. Yes. The days do feel long. I had three, three and under. <laughs>
0: so I, So you know
1: it. I know it. I can feel—I <laughs> feel your pain. I feel—but it's just like, really— the that is a tremendous calling and you get one shot at it. They grow up faster than you can blink. You you don't realize that. I would give anything to have all of my kids in elementary school again and them all plopped on my lap. But I would say, find time to be in the word and to see that God loves you and he loves them and that you have been that is a noble calling to be a wife and a mom, mm-hmm. but also find some sisters in the Lord who are in the same time period, mm-hmm. season that you are in mm-hmm. to encourage one another. Yeah. You know, whether it's play dates where you are sitting there watching them play together mm-hmm. and you are speaking truth into each other's life or encouraging one another in the Lord.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, and Pray. Oh, yes.
0: You know, that was something that was so sweet with my time when I was in California and the women in my world when it first started, were these young women that were coming in and actually, you know, women really of all ages, different seasons. It was like God knew, like, I'm going to bring these women to pour into these women. and these Yes, women to Titus. Women. So it's right, the Titus and, yes, you know, um, Timothy, Titus, and, you know, how that same, because that's really right. exactly what we need, right? Generations. Generations. And um, it was so cool because I get to watch them now, you know, 10, 11 years later, and these women really have formed these great relationships and they're all now married with children and they're pouring into one another and encouraging one another and doing life together. And I really always talk about that is like, you do have to find those women in your world that are your world, that are part of that, that are going through where you're at, the similarities to encourage one another to pray together, to walk along because you're right like man my kid came home recently he's t- my youngest is 21 now and um my husband and I were watching a movie and th- the joke kind of was my husband said to him hey do you want to crawl up and curl you know yes. crawl up between us in bed and watch us with us and and I we're both kind of looking at each other like snickering he's not gonna do that you know and all of a sudden this 21 year old yes kid, you know six foot kid yes crawls up between us and yes. fitness, I was like did you just like
1: this Yes, first <laughs> I agree. I agree. But I think what you just said about those women that you were mentoring then and where they are now, yeah. I think if we can see that we are not in competition with right. one another,
0: right.
1: that we all have struggles. And if we have women that we can be honest and vulnerable before mm-hmm. and say, I'm really struggling here. I need you to pray for me. Yeah then you don't feel you're walking alone and you start seeing the greater purpose that God has called you to. I
0: love it. I love it. That's exactly what it is. And talking about that, I want to talk a little bit about what it looks like to follow Christ. Now that you, you know, now you're in this entertainment business, what is it like for you uh, to follow Christ and and in being in the entertainment world and especially today with all of the things that we face in the culture.
1: I think first of all it's being grounded in the Lord. I spend time and I know you do too, I spend time every morning in my prayer closet. But I don't just I don't just pray in there. I mean I have scriptures all over the walls everywhere in there, but I also have my devotionals and my Bible in there. And I find it if I shut the door and my closet's small. I mean I could reach all, you know, all the way around with my arms and but if i shut out the noise so that i can be filled up by him because we can't serve anyone out of an empty reservoir we can't or if i go operating in my flesh Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. then it becomes about me right right Right. and then i'm frustrated because this didn't happen or this didn't happen or this did happen or this did happen but if i go in there and i have kingdom encounters with the lord And His purpose, and I realize I am just to be used by Him, for Him, Mm -hmm. for His glory, to tell stories, Mm -hmm. or to speak. So I'm like, Lord, whatever you're going to bring in my path today, may I represent you. May you be the core of my being this day, Mm -hmm. so that when I go out, and then when I go out, as you just said, you know, being in this industry, period, is hard. I still... I'd left because I was constantly being asked to compromise and do something mm-hmm. that went against me. Mm-hmm. And now I still, I look through and I still turn down way more than I ever accept. And now there's, a, I think that's one of the hardest things. that pe- People entering in this industry, the think, oh, I don't have any credits. I just need to take whatever comes along. And I say, I disagree. Yeah,
0: don't compromise. Yes. No. If
1: I can't say, I want you and all of your kids, I want your kids too and my kids to come sit and watch this, right. then why do I want to be a part of it? Right. If I disagree with the message, with the content. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of research when I'm asked to audition for something. And not that my agent sends me poor material, but often I will get other stuff that is not directly from my agent. Right. And I research the director. I research the uh, the writer what kind of stuff do they advocate what are they doing that takes hours Absolutely. before I hit send or submit or anything I pray about it no but again I pray like Lord is this something you want to bring me into? Can I be a light for you can you use me is it a telling a story that's going to draw people closer to? either to know you or draw them closer in their walk with you yeah
0: yeah absolutely it's such it's so good because i think so often too you know no matter where you're at no matter what job you're in no matter what you're doing church i mean you know no matter what you're doing you should be praying you should be researching you know if you're looking at a job as you know, taking whether you are going into a marketing firm or, uh, you know, you're going into the medical field or whatever, you're researching the companies that you're yes. going to go work for. You know what that's going to look like, but you're leaning in. And really, I think the key that you said here, and we don't do it enough, um, is that, you know, we've got to be praying about the places that God wants us to. Yes. It's, it's interesting that you said that about projects. You know, you say no to more than you say yes. You know, I'll even get projects that I actually really like. I'll mm. like a script or, you know, but there's the Holy Spirit just is going, this isn't your story to tell. Mm. You know, this is for so-and-so or yes. this is, you know, this is not for you. And I've had those Situations where it's like, okay, God, you know, I really want this, but okay, you know, if this isn't for me, then okay, close that door. Um, and and but I realized that that not every story is for me to tell,
1: but you wouldn't have found that out unless you were in prayer, exactly. Because if I go out, if I don't go in my prayer closet first, then I'm like, that's a Christian story, it's got a great message, yes, you want me to do it, Lord, it's for me, it's (laughs) definitely for me. But if I'm in my prayer closet and I'm seeking him first, yeah. and the thing is, is, going back to what I was saying, it's not a competition. Yeah. If we realize that we're on the same team and it's to exalt his name and to bring people into the kingdom, right. then it's a win-win. So if I'm not telling the story and you are, or exactly. you know, or Shannon is, or someone else is, that it's being made, my prayer is that mm-hmm. it will have a huge impact.
0: Absolutely, we should be cheerleaders for one another. Yes. You know that that kind of leads me to the next um, thing I want to talk a little bit about. And I think what I love is hearing these different women talk to me about this very topic because we are a world that is driven by success. Mm-hmm. We're a world that's driven by this visual now success, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is yes. filtered. Everything is. Uh, yes. Made to look so much better oh, yes. um, and there's like a hype on it, right and so I would love to hear how you define success
1: I define success I think is by using the gifts and talents that the Lord has given you you the general you whatever those gifts and talents are mm-hmm. to point others to Christ mm-hmm. to bring I would want personally is to bring him into every conversation. Mm-hmm because I can't save a person Mm -hmm. and I didn't die for them. He did, but if he can use me as an instrument in any fashion, then that is success, to be just a part in the center of his will, Mm -hmm. going, doing, speaking, whatever it is that he has called me to Mm -hmm. for his glory.
0: I love that, I love that, I think, and it's so, it's, it I, I, every conversation that I've had, that's something I'm always, you know, what do you, how do you define success? I have a lot of young women that will ask me about success, and because they've been fed this idea that success looks a certain way according to the world, um, you know, even like when we were talking about earlier about college, you know, if you go to this college. Right. It's more successful because it has that name on it or if you go to you know if you get married to this person or by this age or whatever it is there's always this like defining moment that they think Mm -hmm. that they have to hit but what they they don't realize is there's their success especially as a believer i think it looks different feels different smells different and, and I think it really is about just walking in his will daily. Yes.
1: And I think Paul wrote about in the Galatians, am I still trying to please men? Or if I'm trying to please exactly. men, I would no longer be pleasing, you know, Christ. Yeah. And the, what you were saying, success, walking in, because we've all been given a different sphere of influence, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and are we encouraging one another mm-hmm. to be who Christ has called us to be and that looks different what he has called one like we cannot possibly fathom you know it says no eye has seen no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him Mm. or I long to do imaginably more than all you ask or imagine and we kind of put him in a box and we define success by the world's like you said, the idea what, of the world—like,
0: yes. how does the world? If you had to look it up on, you know, a yes. dictionary right now, what does it look like? You
1: know? I want to get before him and hear, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Yeah, that I have done what I did for him.
0: Yeah,
1: not—I will never please the world. Jesus Christ was perfect mm-hmm. and could not please the mm-hmm. world. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: My scripture verse is Acts twenty twenty four, and it says, my life means nothing to me except to run the race and finish, you know, it's different versions, but completely that's hanging on my mission. mirror. Oh, that's my, that's, that's my, on my mirror. That's it. And, and to run the race, but to, to witness to the gospel of Christ, right? It's, but
1: the problem it. is, is we think that God has less prepared for us than right. what we want. Right, right, right. And that's why we think, you know, Lord, I'm just going to take the reins out of your hands right. because you're not doing it. Right. And I know what, what it should be. And I know what's best. Right. And I know what's successful. Right. Do we love him? Do we trust him? Do we think he wants right. to do more? Yeah. And do we think, you know, he says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not yeah. to harm you, plans yeah. to give you hope in a future. Yeah. Or I want, I mean, I have on my wall all the way down from floor to ceiling what God says about work alone, scriptures so
0: great. Uh, You know, and that's, that's what we have to do. We have to put those reminders. It was funny when I was preparing for, uh, CWVFF, the Christian worldview festival this year and I was talking. You
1: did a beautiful job.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Well, it was, it was totally a God thing because I had been praying and praying and praying about what God wanted me to to talk about. But, but that really was one of those things that, that kept resonating with me was success. And how do we talk to these you know, all the people that are attending, what can I share? And I loved how in the scripture verse, and I've seen it before where it says, you know, his name is famous, right? But, but what I realized is it, it said, you know, his name was made famous before he even goes to take the disciples. Like people already knew that there were so many things that Jesus was like, he's, he's doing things and his name was made famous beyond and above the disciples, whereas so often we forget in that moment that we as disciples, as we as now, we are the ones going out and sharing this message of the gospel. It's about him being made famous through everything we yes. do. and so um, you know, I think for me, uh, for in a lot of hard knocks in a lot of ways, is that to understand that for me to be focused on defi- to defining my success as making him famous and all that I do mm-hmm. is setting now the precedent so that it's really about him. And it's not about me. It takes the pressure off of me living a filtered life that I can't, I can never live up to on this earth. Right. 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 It's, right. Just, it's never going to happen. Right. Um, we've talked a little bit about, um, staying connected to the Lord. And, um, so I guess what I want to kind of go into is as, Talking a little bit about, so how is the Lord using you to speak to women about their faith, their identity, their dreams, and, and how do you encourage them as they continue their walk with the Lord?
1: I, I don't know. I have a passion for women. I have a passion for young people too, but mm-hmm. I have a passion for women because I think so often we believe Satan's lies that it's external, exterior, and you gotta measure up and look a certain way and have a certain title or whatever. And I, um, like we were talking about going to groups, I'm not a big group person. I love people, I love them, mm. but I'd rather have one on one conversations. So I teach women's Bible studies, I, I um in women's prayer ministries and have been for many, many years. Mm. Those are things that I believe in, but I also believe in having one-on-one encounters. And when God puts somebody on my life, in my life, I think people feel that very comfortable that they can come to me with what their prayer requested, And I can call them up. I can share with them. I can encourage them. I will get out the Word of God. I will get a devotional that I'm working through or a point that God has just shared with me that spoke to something I was struggling with. And I do that probably every single day. I
0: love it. Love it, and and that to me well it leads me because I want to ask you, and I guess in that sense, it says you know my my question I ask every woman is how are you serving other women in your world? So it kind of sounds like maybe you're doing the studies and you're really having one on one encounters with yes. other women. How would you encourage you know? In, in thinking about that question, how do you serve other women in your world? And, and by what you just shared, a lot of women so often go, well, I'm not on a platform. I'm not speaking or I'm not doing this or I'm not, you know, I don't know how to serve. If it, you know, because immediately I think so often they think, oh, I need to go serve in the children's ministry or I need to go. Serve. So how would you encourage a woman that's listening right now? What are some ways for them to actually serve other women and, and serve them? make it pretty easy and i think i
1: think god has given us eyes Mm. we have neighbors around us Mm -hmm. i have three neighbors i mean all my neighbors but i have three neighbors around that have just become widows young widows Mm -hmm. and it's as simple as saying dropping a little plant off of their porch or sharing a meal or giving a card or saying hey I'm praying for you. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't require a lot of work, especially if you're at home with three little kids and you're like, I cannot pour into anyone else. You know, I am so depleted. God, honestly, if we're prayed up, Mm -hmm. when we are uh, reaching out to somebody else to share love, Mm -hmm. then he, it's like he gives us new energy. And I find that that is so easy to do. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. is he's given us eyes and hearts you see a, somebody who comes into church and you see she's a single mom and she has kids mm-hmm. it may be going hey we're having a gathering you know uh, at the park uh, mm-hmm. you want to join us it's so simple
0: yeah
1: to yeah. because so many women don't do that yeah. they're waiting for somebody to speak up and they feel lost and yeah. they feel alone yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's so good. I think it's funny. I, I I used to talk about this all the time. And now that we have this culture, that's all about emails or social media, you know, posts or um, text messages or whatever. It's, I always tell women too, like mark off your calendar for 30 minutes on such and such a day and just call a friend
1: Yes. that needs to
0: hear a voice because in our culture right now, people are starving for interaction. And so it can be, that simple and in reality, it, which time is valuable, right? But in in that sense, that's. In fact, I bet people would think, "Man, I'd rather you spend time with me than spend money on me." Amen. Or I'd rather you know. So I'm the same I, way. It's the easiest thing to go. Okay, so yes. and so I love I love the idea of like put a plant on somebody's doorstep or give them a little co- like those are things that yes. speak volumes.
1: For example, just yesterday I was at my doctor appointment Mm -hmm. and the nurse tending to me i could tell she was Mm heavy-hearted i could tell something was on her and i just said i don't know what you're going through but can i pray for you yeah while she's taking my temperature and all that kind of stuff and she stopped what she was doing and she goes yes please Mm. it didn't cost me anything yeah
0: yeah You know,
1: and it was a privilege for me. It was a privilege. I think Henry Blackbee wrote a book called Experiencing God. Mm. And that addresses exactly what you're saying. We think we've got to do great things for God. Instead of if we just pray and say, God, wherever you're working, may I be a part of it. Use me. Right, right. But again, that, you know. He just He gives us eyes. He gives us ears. He gives us hearts. And if it's no longer about me, about me, about me, about me,
0: yeah. we get out of
1: the way, yeah. then we can be used for him.
0: That's so true. I think about all the times I'm like, get up in the morning and go, okay, God, how can I? How can you use me today? And then I'll be in the grocery store or I'll yes. be somewhere. And all of a sudden, it's the Holy Spirit's just pinging me, you know? And it's then it's like me, okay, wait a minute, and I asked. And so now I need to step out of that moment and and. Yes. You know, speak to somebody um, and and share something with them, and and I think it's so important. I love that. I think that so often, again, we have you know our senses that we get to use, and then we get our sixth sense, which yes. is the Holy Spirit sense, to go. Okay, you need to you know reach out to this. And
1: there's person. and that is scriptural. You know, with the whole gift of the talents. Exactly. You know, if you can't be faithful with the small things, well, He's going to entrust you with something. Yeah. If if it's as simple as you know, again praying with somebody offering, can I pick up your mail? I see you're going out of town or I see that, you know, you, you just lost somebody. I'm here. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I will do whatever it takes. You know, I'm I'm available. It's just, yes, I'm willing.
0: It's so good. Well, tell me what is next for Candace? (laughs) I
1: would would love to know. (laughs) It's so funny, which ties into, you know, it's, being prayed up and in, 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 in the center of his will because I get, you know, calls like, is is Candace available on these dates? And I get, send back, yes, she's available. So I guess that, does that mean you've been penned or something? Uh, yeah. You know, you've been penned. <laughs> anyway, or um, you've been cast in this and um, we're going to be shooting. And then it gets moved around because of COVID. I've got like four projects that have been moved around. Uh, yeah. So now I'm like, Lord, I'm in your hands. <laughs> well, you know, i thinking we will begin, hopefully, prayerfully shooting season three of Vindication. Yeah. I'm working on an animated sitcom, which the writing is just so wonderful. Mm-hmm. G. Michael Nicolosi mm-hmm. has done an incredible job on an animated sitcom and the teaser we just did. And um, it's called A Few Good Miles. And mm-hmm. I don't even know when we begin doing that. So... Mm-hmm. And then there are other projects that I'm tied to, but we'll see when they come to fruition because of uh, the pandemic.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, tell um, people how they can follow you and support you.
1: Um, I mean, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, Candice Kirkpatrick Actress. I'm on IMDb. I have a, a website, CandiceKirkPatrick.com. But more importantly, um, follow Christ. I care about people following Christ. Yeah. And if you want me to pray for you, you have a specific prayer request, then, then message me. Awesome. I would be honored to do so.
0: I love it. Well, and that means, and the last part of this is, which you may have just already answered, but how would you leave the viewers with a word of encouragement? What would you say to them? Or I guess our listeners, really.
1: I would say get in the word. People, a lot of people that I, I know say you know oh this is what such and such said or this is what such and such said and um i want to say both of my parents became christians um later on Mm -hmm. my dad became a pastor i mean he became a radically different person than the person i knew Mm -hmm. my mom came to know the lord um after my second child was born it changed the trajectory of both of their lives and mine Mm -hmm. but my dad used to say Candace don't believe me now because i'm a pastor Go to the Word and see what God has for you. Mm-hmm. And He it is a love letter. He wants an intimate—he is the infinite God who wants an intimate relationship with each and every one of you. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a season where you have a lot of little kids and you don't have that kind of time, carve out a time while they're napping. I know you need to sleep when they're sleeping, but just to spend even a few minutes because he has a nugget of truth that he mm-hmm. wants to give you. Mm-hmm. And then— surround yourself with people who are pursuing Christ to encourage you, to speak truth to you, to walk with you, to pray with you, to hold you accountable, Mm -hmm. and to help share your burdens. Mm -hmm. Those are the things I would say.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, such great words of advice, such great scripture all the things that we've talked about today, again, I just knew it was going to be really good. It was so fruitful. And I hope everybody that's listening feels the same way. I think that you do definitely make sure that you follow and hang out with Candace on her social media platforms. And also make sure that you're checking out Vindication. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't want to miss that. And you've got so many movies coming out. Um, also, uh, Run the Bases, you know, we've got some great friends yes. in that as well. And
1: Beautiful story.
0: Yeah, just so, I mean, so many good things. So make sure that you're following, you're supporting, and you're keeping up with her. And um, I just want to encourage you guys to go out there, continue to love on one another, encourage each other, and most of all, stay connected to the Lord and all of the things that you do, because I'm telling you what, He is the master orchestrator, Amen. as you have heard today. We could not have written our own stories, and thank God we didn't, (laughs) because they would not look as good as they do, right? Anyway, we love you guys. Thank you for joining us for the Women in My World today, so keep doing the things that you do.